0: Welcome on into Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. Thanks for joining us on a Friday edition of the show plenty to cover in today's podcast. We're going to start off by talking about BYU basketball. They have the regular season finale against San Diego at home tomorrow evening. Results from last night's game when BYU had their bye make it look like BYU is likely to get the third seed in the West Coast Conference. We'll talk about all that here in the first segment. Second segment of the show, we'll be talking about our fifth question, our fifth burning question, as we get ready for BYU spring ball to start On Monday, we're going to be talking about BYU tight ends. Is there anybody out there on the field that can catch a pass at the tight end position this spring? We'll discuss that. And then the final segment of the show, we'll catch up on how everything went for the other teams last night in BYU sports and also preview all of the action this coming weekend. So, a full podcast can be a busy podcast, but let's get going. This is Locked On Cougars for March 1st, brand new month 2019. This is Locked On Cougars. Let's get rolling. All right, guys, I'm Jay Hatch, your host here on Locked on Cougars, the BYU Insider and host of this podcast. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. Excited to be with you on this Friday edition of the show. Hope you guys are all having a great day whenever you hear this and are ready for a full weekend ahead of BYU sports. BYU basketball is back in action tomorrow with the regular season finale when they take on the San Diego Toreros at the Marriott Center. Tip off in that game is set for 7 o'clock Mountain Time scheduled to be televised on BYU TV and of course you can listen to it radio-wise on the BYU Sports Network terrestrially 107.9 FM, KSL 1160 AM, 102.7 FM, also on Sirius XM, etc. You also can stream it online. So there's a lot of ways to consume the game, but this is an important game for BYU to regain some momentum after two back-to-back losses a week ago that incredibly disappointing loss to San Francisco when you held that 14 point lead with 8 minutes to go or uh, 7 minutes and 30 seconds I think officially the lead was uh, at 14 points to lose that game was just an absolutely unacceptable result if you're a BYU fan and then they go up and get pummeled by the number one team in the country Gonzaga in Spokane the worst loss of Dave Rose's coaching tenure well now they're back in action they had a bye in their Thursday night action as the rest of the West Coast Conference was in action and after last night's results I guess that you could take it some marginally good news that it appears BYU will get the third seed in the West Coast Conference Tournament. To get that third seed, BYU needed St. Mary's to win one of their games this week and then San Francisco to lose one of their games. Well that played out last night and I'm not, I'm not sure anything else is really going to change here because as a result of what happened last night, you had San Diego overcoming San Francisco in overtime 91-90 to 90. Isaiah Pinero had a 28 point 11 rebound effort to lead USD in that victory Uh, so with that loss San Francisco dips but also St. Mary's crushed Portland who was winless in West Coast Conference play 65 to 48 so as a result it looks like St. Mary's will earn the number three seed the number two seed in the West Coast Conference tournament. San Francisco will be tied with BYU but as long as BYU wins tomorrow BYU should have the third. Third seed so there's still some work to be done on BYU Zen, but now they control their destiny when it comes to getting that third seed. Now you got to take care of it, uh, business, and go win that game. So it's just it's an important, important result because with this, with a win tomorrow over San Diego, I don't know, I'm stumbling a little bit here, but with a win over San Diego tomorrow, BYU gets that third seed. You play in the quarterfinals opposite of Gonzaga. It looked like BYU was going to finish fourth um, earlier this week if, and if San Francisco had held on. Uh, There's still an outside shot. BYU could get that third. seed. Seed, but they would have likely been the fourth seed facing Gonzaga in the semifinals of the tournament. Now it appears you'll be on the opposite side of the bracket, going up against St. Mary's in that semifinal. If you're able to get past your quarterfinal opponent, if you're BYU and if you're BYU, that's about as good of a of a scenario as you could hope for right now, considering you lost control of that second seed a week ago with that loss to USF. So. The results bounced BYU's way last night. Now it's in their control once again to go out, win this game over San Diego, and take care of business and take that third seed. Well that brings us to San Diego. San Diego comes off this big win. It's an overtime win. They might be a little bit gassed having to play that extra period, the extra five minutes, but not by much, I don't think. They do have to travel to Provo uh, to take on BYU, and BYU previously um, has faced San Diego earlier this month. The Toreros are tied with BYU in overall record at 18-12 and 12 on the year, but they are 7-8 and eight in West Coast Conference play, but this is a team that is very much a threat for BYU. Isaiah Pinero had the double-double, like I mentioned earlier, 28 points, 11 rebounds to lead the Toreros in that upset of San Francisco. He is just a great player. He played 41 minutes in this game last night. Um, Isaiah Wright also had a big game, 24 points, 4 rebounds, 4 assists while playing 43 minutes. So the headliners for San Diego played a lot of minutes in this win over San Francisco it could have given them a little heavier legs as they come to elevation and deal with BYU on their home court. Olin Carter the third only played 35 minutes, so he might be a little fresher. He had 16 points in the win. So uh, The important thing here for uh, BYU is, is they need to go out and just take – care of business. Plain and simple, just win this game. You get that third seed. You avoid Gonzaga until the final of the West Coast Conference Tournament should you advance that far. I feel like BYU got a gift in terms of, yes, this win by San Diego beating San Francisco and then also St. Mary's going to take that number two seed. St. Mary's will have the fresh legs getting that double bye. It appears as the second seed in the West Coast Conference Tournament, but BYU would much rather take their chances facing off against St. Mary's team that's been retooling this year and a team that BYU has beaten once already this year in the rematch of the loss they had to begin conference play. BYU, I just as me speaking, I feel like the coaching staff would tell you they're much more comfortable having to face St. Mary's in a potential semifinal than the number one team in the country because Gonzaga is an absolute buzzsaw. I don't see them losing. I think they're uh, they've got to be the uh, one of the odds on favorites to win the national title this year. They are truly, truly elite. The best. Uh, version of Gonzaga I've seen in the entire time I've been watching the West Coast Conference tournament in depth and that is pretty much the time BYU has been in the conference the last eight or nine years so the good news is for BYU it's back in their control they control their own fate once again after they lost control of it a week ago Now can they go out and take care of business? San Diego will come in brimming with confidence, coming off that win over San Francisco, and for good reason. But BYU does have them on their home court. They have the advantage of elevation. They have the advantage of having been off, having that bye on Thursday night while San Diego had to play overtime. This is a must-win game. There is no, well, if they don't win, it's okay. No, there's none of that. They have to win this game. This is a must-win for BYU, plain and simple. It'll be extremely disappointing if they lose this game when they get the—essentially, they lose control of their fate, they get it handed right back to them, and you're going to go fumble it away. You can't do that if you're BYU. That is unacceptable in this scenario. They've got to take care of business. They've set themselves up to have about as good of a... Well, not that they didn't set themselves up. The rest of the conference set BYU up to have about as good of a draw as they possibly could have hoped for after they fumbled away that opportunity against San Francisco a week ago Thursday. So take care of business at BYU, go out and win this game, and then get ready for the West Coast Conference Tournament. Three games if you want to accomplish your NCAA tournament dreams. I don't think that's going to happen, but if you can make it to the final, you probably put yourself back into the NIT discussion, and that wouldn't be a bad result considering the ups and downs, BYU, the wild swings they have had this season. All right, we will step aside here. We'll come back, continue on, talk some BYU football. Our burning question number five, who in the world is going to line up a tight end this spring? We'll talk about that next right here on Locked on Cougars. I'm back to Locked On Cougars. A reminder for you guys, when you're out and about, driving around, making your commute to work, or if you're running errands, whatever you're doing, you can listen to this podcast really easily in your car. You're captive audience when you're in your vehicle. A lot of you do podcasts. Maybe you listen to the radio, books on tape, etc. Well, guess what? Locked On Cougars is right here for you. And as a, when you're captive audience in that vehicle, I want you guys to use your voice command feature with your personal assistant and listen to this podcast. It makes it really simple. All you have to do is play... Po- is, sorry, All you have to do is say, play podcast Locked on Cougars, and you'll have the latest BYU news right there for you each and every day. I love doing this podcast. It's an absolute blast to do it each and every day. I have people ask me all the time, how hard is it to come up with topics every day? It's really not. I cover BYU heavily for the radio station I work for. This is an easy extension of my work doing that, but I really just enjoy having the opportunity to elaborate on some topics that maybe in my radio job or some of my other things things. things I have going on with my professional career in terms of BYU stuff, I'm able to elaborate on on it here, give you information that I've gleaned off of sources and just reading up on BYU and my observations. It's an absolute blast to bring this to you guys. So I would encourage you, use your voice assistant when you get in your car, hop in, plug it in, whatever, whatever you have to do, Bluetooth it and say, play podcast Locked on Cougars, and you'll be the smartest guy when it comes to sitting around the water cooler talking with your friends. Now, before the break, I mentioned that tight end for BYU this spring is going to be very interesting. Well, um, the, and the reason why is because I look at the bodies that are at tight end for BYU and wonder who in the world is going to be playing tight end for BYU in the spring. Because we do know that Marone Pututao was still recovering from an ACL injury. He is likely not going to see the field at all in spring. If he saw the field, I would be stunned. We also learned earlier this week, and I had people tell me that there were some some injuries that had some surgery come up in terms of Matt Bushman, but Dick Harmon confirmed it in a column earlier this week in the Deseret News, saying that Bushman underwent surgery for a broken thumb, as well as a torn labrum in a shoulder that he played through. Bushman is an absolute stud. He played through both of those injuries, a broken thumb. Think about that as a tight end who has to block, catch, put your hand on the ground. Truly impressive that he was able to do what he did, have a great season. And I'm expecting once he's healthy, He's going to be a big weapon for BYU, but he is not going to participate in spring ball either. Uh, Dallin Holker, the breakout freshman tight end, decided he's going to go on a mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, so he's off the roster now. So your top three receiving options at tight end are now off the roster. We talked about J.J. and Wigway yesterday moving to defensive end, so he's off the roster. Hank Pelotu, who was a guy that, after some of the injuries hit a year ago, was thought to be okay, maybe he can step up and get some action. That very week, he tears his ACL. I would expect that he, at the very minimum, Hank Tui-Piloto is going to be limited in terms of his ability to contribute this spring pending his recovery from that ACL injury. Okay, so you're probably thinking, well, who in the world is left a tight end? Well, I've got three names for you that I can glean off of looking at BYU's rosters and just my personal observation. One is Nate Heaps. He's a walk-on tight end from American Fork High School. Had a decent, nondescript career playing for the Cavemen, um, but he's a good player. He's 6'4", 245 pounds, according to BYU's roster. So he'll get some opportunities this spring to show what he can do. Tanner Leishman wears number 96, at least he did a year ago. He was a freshman out of Las Vegas, Nevada in Desert Hills High School last year. 6'6", 230 pound tight end. Um, He wears the number 96. I'm 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 a expecting to pay homage to the great Chad Lewis, who wore number 96 during his career with BYU before going on to an all-pro career with the Philadelphia Eagles. But um, with these walk-ons, you never quite know until we see the roster on Monday. So we'll see what happens with Leishman and Heaps. And then the third name is Benjamin Ward. Uh, Benjamin Ward is from Washington, D.C., played at Dallas Town High School out there on the East Coast. Big body, 6'5", 235-pound, tight end. I know that there was some talk of him being a a high-profile recruit, regardless of his walk-on status. He was a preferred walk-on for BYU. I am unaware of if he had mission plans, so we'll see if he shows up on Monday for practice. So I'm just sitting here looking at the tight end position for BYU saying, cool, well, who else is going to catch tight ends? Well, they had one guy that they converted over to the tight end late in the year more of a blocking option. That is Addison Pulsifer. Uh, he's listed at 6'5", 295 pounds a year ago. He was a junior in 2018. would be going into his senior year. It's possible that he slimmed down. Maybe can be more of an option catching passes. But Pulsifer wore number 87 as a guy that was kind of brought in on blocking down Late in the year, when BYU kind of needed an extra blocking tight end slash offensive lineman, he was an offensive lineman for most of his career at a Temecula, California, Temecula, Temecula Valley High School. So. I'm going to be very intrigued come Monday when we sit down, or not not sit down, but show up to practice, get that roster from BYU Sports Information, and I'm just going to get a look finally at what's going on uh, with BYU's tight end group. Uh, it's an opportunity for these guys that are the walk-ons that maybe don't have a scholarship currently to go out and prove what they can do. They should be able to go out there and show the coaches, hey, I know you don't have your top options available this spring, but this is what I can do. This is why I'm worthy of an extra look. I'm not sure that it'll ultimately pay off to any of them getting maybe extensive action in 2019, but it is an opportunity nonetheless this spring with a bunch of guys out due to injury, Bushman, uh, Moroni, Laulu, Pututau, Hank Tui, Pelotu get these guys a look or two and I'm sure that maybe there's one or two other walk-on options that maybe have walked onto the roster that we haven't been made aware of quite yet but it gives an opportunity now for these guys to show what they can do there are tight ends coming in this uh, fall but they won't be here for spring ball including Isaac Rex coming off a mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints he's also joined by a fellow return missionary in Donovan Hanna and then incoming freshman tight end Carter Wheat out of Red Mountain High School in Arizona but none of those three will be here for the spring. So, the names I just mentioned the three, the four, three or four names here, uh, pending mission plans for them. Nate Heaps, uh, Tanner Leishman, Benjamin Ward, and Addison Pulsifer That's your four-man contingent for tight end this this spring. It appears so far. I know, as a BYU fan, you're probably thinking, "Well, what in the world?" Hey. It's spring ball. Just understand that there's going to be position changes. Maybe they move a, a, a running back or, a, I don't know, a linebacker to tight end to give them a look. Maybe a bigger bodied wide receiver steps over to the tight end group. You never know what ultimately is going to play out. But as it stands right now, the tight end position for BYU is mighty interesting because all the scholarship options I'm not, I'm not saying scholarship options, all the scholarship players on the roster is currently constituted appear to be unavailable or the very minimum limited this spring and I'm interested to see what happens I get the 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 quarterback in terms of Zach Wilson isn't out there so he's not thrown to his top options at tight end but you would think a guy like Jaron Hall or a Joe Critchlow or even Baylor Romney getting their opportunity here to show what they can do think they would like to have a safety velvet tied in that can prove to be capable for them we'll see how it shakes out but I thought it was an interesting question and I figured we'd talk about it here on the podcast Monday's edition of the show will kind of be more of an overlook at spring ball Uh, we'll talk about some of the overall trends we've had five different questions we've answered this week if you missed any of those this past week go back and listen to those podcasts Monday through today's podcast has had a burning question or two involving BYU spring ball and I would appreciate you guys, giving me some feedback. You can follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Locked On Cougars. Planning with the beginning of spring ball to do a lot more coverage, videos, uh, putting up pictures, etc. On all those social media channels. So follow us there. You also can follow my personal Twitter feed at Jacob C Hatch. All right, we'll be back on the other side. Got a lot of action to recap from last night and other BYU sports, and also a busy weekend ahead. So we'll cover that all for you next, right here on Locked On that's kabotaorangedays.com. Welcome back as we close out the Friday edition of the Locked On Cougars podcast. Thank you guys once again for joining me. It's a blast to bring this to you guys each and every day. I've told you that multiple times over the previous, I think we're at 133 episodes. Think about that. We started in late August a year ago, uh, not a year ago, late August, what, six, seven months ago, 130 shows later. I'm not tired of this. I love it. It just kind of invigorates me each day to come in and talk BYU sports with you. All right, as we close things out, let's recap what happened yesterday in BYU sports. A disappointing loss for BYU softball. They lose 2-1 in their opening game against San Diego State at the San Diego Classic. A tough loss against the host team, but BYU now 6-8 on the year. On the flip side, the BYU baseball team got a positive. A 4-2 win in 10 innings over Lamar in their opener in Beaumont, Texas. Congratulations to Mike Littlewood and his team. That is their fourth straight win of the season. Uh, BYU men's volleyball. I caught a little bit of this last night on BYU TV taking on number 8 Stanford. The number 9 Cougars prevailed 3-2 to in a 5-set thriller. It was a fun match. It went back and forth. That was a fun volleyball match. If you have never watched men's volleyball or even volleyball in general, that's one. You can go back in the archives, I'm sure, on BYUtv.org and catch that. That was a ton of fun. Also, credit to Jerem Jordan for a great call of that match. And then finally, women's basketball continues to take care of business. They're continuing to chase Gonzaga for that top overall seed in the West Coast Conference tournament. They're continuing to take care of business. They blew out San Francisco 82 to 59 last night. They still need Gonzaga to lose tomorrow while also winning their game in, in their in their game tomorrow, their regular season finale to have an opportunity to get that top seed. They face Santa Clara at two o'clock Mountain Time at the Marriott Center. It'll be on BYU TV. You can go get tickets at BYUTickets.com if you want to go out to that. But BYU does need help by Gonzaga dropping a game, but it doesn't appear that Gonzaga will do that. The good news is though, the women's basketball team has beaten Gonzaga twice this year, and I think they'll be happy to face off a third time and take that WCC crown away from the ladies' Zags. Alright, moving on to what's happening today and tomorrow. We'll start off with today. Women's softball is in action. They have two games today. They'll be facing off at 10 a.m. Mountain Time this morning against San Jose State at SDSU Softball Stadium live Stats can be found at BYUcougars.com. They'll be following that up with a game against Florida Gulf Coast at 3 o'clock Mountain Time. you also get the stats there at BYUcougars.com. Best of luck to Gordon Eakin and his team. They look to bounce back, pick up two wins today, hopefully. Women's tennis is in action at 12 o'clock Mountain Time in Tucson, Arizona, when they take on the University of Arizona at the Robson Tennis Center. They split their matches a week ago. They'll also face off against UNLV tomorrow at 10 a.m. Mountain Time, so hopefully the women's tennis team can have a good showing there. Men's baseball continues with their series against Lamar tonight. That'll be at 7 o'clock Mountain Time in Beaumont, Texas. Live video feed on the on the Lamar uh, Baseball uh, Facebook page. You can get the link to that at byucougars.com. It'll also be broadcast on BYU Radio. Hopefully they can make it five in a row. I mentioned Women's tennis in action early tomorrow morning, 10 a.m. Mountain Time. Well, women's soccer is also in action against UNLV, but they're in Las Vegas for this. They'll be taking on the Lady Rebels at 12 p.m. Mountain Time at Peter Johan Memorial Field. Best of luck. That begins the spring season for women's soccer. So best of luck to the Lady Cougars as they get going with their spring season when it comes to soccer. Uh, Women's softball will continue on with the San Diego Classic tomorrow. Two more games. They'll face Illinois of Chicago tomorrow at 12.30 p.m. Mountain Time before wrapping things up with a 3 o'clock Mountain Time game against UC Davis. I figured this was an opportunity for BYU to go 5-0 and on the weekend. They're 0-1 so far. Hopefully they make it 4-1 when all is said and done. Baseball will wrap up their series against Lamar tomorrow at 1 o'clock Mountain Time. It'll be a day game. Live video feed once again will be on the Lamar Baseball Facebook page. Also broadcast on BYU Radio. So check that out if you're looking for an afternoon snack before BYU basketball is in action. I mentioned women's soccer taking on UNLV. They actually have two matches tomorrow. They'll also be taking on on USC there at Peter Johan Memorial Field. That'll be at 1.30 Mountain Time, so it's back-to-back. Maybe they'll split the squad. I'm not sure how they're going to do that, but they'll figure that out, and it'll be interesting to see how they perform in that. I mentioned women's basketball in action at 2 o'clock Mountain Time tomorrow. Uh, also, BYU men's tennis is in action at 5.30 Mountain Time at the indoor tennis courts. Free pizza, the number 26 Cougars against the number 40 Monarchs. Live stream will be on BYU's men's tennis page on BYUcougars.com. You can get a link to that there. Men's basketball in action at 7 o'clock Mountain Time at the Marriott Center. So if you want to make it a day-night doubleheader, you can catch the women's team and the men's team in action at the Marriott Center if you so desire. That game will be televised on BYU TV. It will also be available on all of the BYU radio networks as part of the BYU Sports Network. And then wrapping things up here is that number 8 Stanford and BYU number 9 in men's volleyball will play the second of their home-and-home home series. This time it will be in Stanford, California at Maples Pavilion. That'll be at 8 o'clock Mountain Time. It'll be broadcast live on the Pac-12 network. Hopefully, BYU can come away with two, a 2-0 weekend, continue with their winning streak. And if they do that, beating number 8 Stanford, they should leap up in the national standings. And then one early note for you is that early on a Monday, women's tennis is in action. Once again, they're making a flight out to Fresno, California. After their two matches, tonight and tomorrow, they'll take on Fresno State at 12 o'clock Mountain Time in Fresno so busy weekend for women's tennis but a busy weekend overall if you're a BYU sports fan hopefully you kept track of all that if you want a full rundown of where all these teams are in action go to byucougars.com they've got a great schedule laid out for you there All right, wrapping things up. Thank you guys once again for downloading the podcast. Please subscribe, rate and review the show. Give us that five-star review on Apple Podcasts. I don't care what you put in the review. You can tell me I suck. Just give me that five-star review. That's all I really care about. But I really do appreciate your guys' support on the podcast. If you are interested in advertising with us, we're going to be ramping up here with the spring and whatnot. If you would like to be part of the show, we would love to have you on board. Please email me at lockedonbyu at gmail.com. Com. We'd be happy to talk with you. Whatever product or service you're offering, would be honored to represent your company. It would be a blast to have you guys involved with the podcast. I've had some great sponsors in the past looking to add some more, so please email me at LockedOnBYU at gmail.com. And a reminder for you, if you are out and about driving around, catch up on the podcast every day. Plug in your phone when you get into your vehicle. Use that smart device. Use the personal assistant and simply say, play podcast Locked On Cougars, and you will always be up to date with this daily podcast focused on all things BYU. With that, I'll say farewell. Thanks again for joining me. We'll be back on Monday, recapping a full weekend in BYU sports. BYU basketball, it is a must win against San Diego. I will be severely disappointed if they yak it up again and muck it up once again. That would just be an awful, awful deal. We'll recap it for you on Monday. This has been Locked on Cougars for March 1st, 2019.